Welcome back to Two Pastors in a Mic. My name is Shanik. And I'm Corey. And we just want to say thank you for listening today. We appreciate you. And uh, I would love if you would actually share this podcast today with someone that you know, a friend, a relative, a coworker, someone in your family, share it. And it. also, we love getting reviews. And so wherever you listen, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, wherever, whatever platform, Leave a review if you can. If you don't feel like you can on your platform, because I don't know all the rules to all these other platforms. I'm just an Apple guy. So if you can't leave a review where you listen, send us a text. I'd appreciate yeah. it. We are both words of affirmation. And actually, someone just left a review that I don't know who it is. And it really encouraged me. Did you Did you see it? I didn't see it. Oh, you got to go and read it. So we appreciate that. And this week's question of the week is? The question of the week is, what would you consider to be your greatest strength? Yeah. You want me to go first or you go first? You go first. Um, I would say it's a couple, probably teaching, and then I would say perspective. I feel like I have a really good perspective on things, um, not always in my situation, as you heard last week dealing with disappointment, but uh, I'm actually in counseling right now. Like I do counseling personally, learning counseling to do it for other people. Yep. Um, I love the process of it. I think I'm really good at helping people paint perspective in their life, sympathize, empathize with people. It's what I love to do is help people believe that they matter, conquer thoughts and whatnot, which is ironic because. Yeah. So you, so then the strength would be to help people gain proper perspective. Yep. Yeah. Sure. I think you do that for sure. I know you've done it in my life countless times. Sometimes I don't like to hear the truth, <laughs> but hopefully, anyway. hopefully we do this on the podcast. That's yeah. why, one of the reasons why we wanted to do this. So yeah, for me, I would say that my, my biggest strength is my ability to um, to be a good friend. You are a great friend. And really to anyone. I know that people, I guess just my demeanor and I don't know, it's the makeup you, of who I am. Like people feel like they can trust me immediately. They want to be a great friend to me. They feel like I'm a great friend to them. And they kind of picture me and kind of what the the – the, the way I'm going to kind of say it is that a lot of people kind of relate to me like I'm their big brother and they can go to and talk to and trust and get advice, get wisdom, but also just to be there. And I feel like that is one of my greatest strengths is it just is. that that presence in people's lives where they have someone that they feel like they can go to and yeah. a friend. But it's also it leads to some frustration as well, because some people just because I am who I am. They want more time with me and they want to be that best friend with me. And I always don't have the margin, you know, those great friendships take time mm -hmm. and just being a pastor of this place. Like my time is so divided. Plus my time is so guarded with my family that I don't have it to give to everyone that so that they become my best friend. All right, we're, we're going somewhere. I don't really want to go. <laughs> no, today. I like it. No, it's okay. Yeah, hey, bring that out. No, bring, no, come it's on, good. I'm going to fish for it. Cause I know no. what's in there. Cause no. we've talked about it off no, recording. We're good. <laughs> we're good. But, uh, honestly, <clears throat> I wanted to start with that question as well, because I love how you said teacher. And I know last week's episode where we talked about disappointment and yep. then we just sat there. We didn't really give advice. We didn't really give resources. It didn't really feel like we gave much to our listeners in the way of help and how to overcome disappointment. Yeah. And I know after we, we got out of recording that 
you were a little bit rattled and that was. was that teacher and you were like, dang it, I got to teach them something. I got to help them in some way and give them tools so that they can, you know, overcome this disappointment in their life. Cause I know I need help overcoming disappointment. Yeah. And so that's why this week's episode, we're going to give you those tools. We're going to satisfy that, that teacher in you. Yes. Thank and you. <laughs> uh, we're going to just walk through this process kind of today. There are five, I guess, keys, if you will, or five different ways we've talked about where we really feel like these five areas will help conquer that, um, that spirit of, uh, disappointment. Yeah. And it's okay to be disappointed. We'll talk about that in here in these five keys and whatnot. But the reality is, is it's okay to be disappointed. But if we, like we talked about last week, even while I was still disappointed, still am disappointed in certain areas of my life. If you sit there long enough, it'll destroy you. And yeah. it'll, it'll prevent you from having a good perspective. It'll prevent you from helping people on a daily basis because you'll be all caught up in your feelings, as Drake says, caught in your feelings. And you won't be that resource to people that, in my opinion, everything that the kingdom of God is about is being a resource to others. So yeah, I was disappointed and was like, dang it, we didn't really help people overcome or yeah. give them steps. And so that's this week. Yeah, that's okay. But hopefully you were maybe aware, maybe it brought yeah. up some things that uh, that you have been disappointed in. And that's a good thing because that's where we're going to start, actually. The first way to conquer this uh, idea of disappointment in your life is just to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. And you got to acknowledge it. You got to, to sit in it. You got to feel it. Give grace to yourself, feeling that disappointment. Um, give yourself time to, to feel how maybe negatively it impacted you mm-hmm. and all of that is okay. But then we also talked about in this, in this space of awareness, we also have to be willing and able to talk about it with someone. And that's our way of acknowledging it mm-hmm. and being aware of it. And I know for me, um, this plays out a lot in, in my relationship with Melanie, because there's some areas where maybe I have been disappointed in, but sometimes I sit with it. It negatively affects me but I never share it. I never talk about it. So then it just kind of eats away at me. And then I know Melanie sometimes wonders because maybe I, I wear my emotion in my face or my attitude or my posture or whatever. She's like, what is wrong with you? What's <laughs> going on? And then it's because I haven't shared maybe a disappointment with her. And that's why I'm feeling the way. And then it just kind of separates or pulls us apart a little bit. And if I would just open and honest to say, Hey, this happened, I'm a little disappointed in this. Mm -hmm. And just to let her in on that and having that safe space. And I will say that if you are that person to someone else, as they are approaching you and talking about some disappointments, I guess my, I'm just thinking right now, my, um, encouragement to you in that would be allow that person to vent, allow them to share without you taking on how they are feeling. Mm, that's good. Cause I know so many times when someone comes to me with a disappointment, say around church, they feel let down. Of course, just because I'm a part of this place, I feel like, Oh man, I go all bad. You're right. I'm horrible. I'm awful. I'm not a great leader. I'm sorry. I'm not able to do this for you. And all they were trying to do was just share how they felt in the moment. And it wasn't personal and I shouldn't have taken and went taken it on where I go all bad. Sure. You know, and so I don't know. That just, yeah. Little yeah. Nugget. So part of the awareness is, you know, acknowledging the letdown. We did that last week. Uh, take some time to reflect. And this might be longer than a day. It might be longer than a week. It might be longer than a month. It might be longer than a year. Hopefully not. But reflect. Talk about it with someone safe. Give yourself grace. And then in the part of awareness is you have to give yourself a limited time to feel bad. 
Because once you get to self-pity, that's when it becomes destructive. And so last week, yeah, like I was feeling bad of, okay, I am disappointed. Uh, We didn't give people how to conquer disappointment in the episode, but also like, I don't want to deal with conquering. And I'm, I'm still kind of in that, in that place of allowing myself my limited time to feel bad. But I'm also, as we talk about this, recognizing I have to limit me in the dumps of my disappointment because it is getting to a place where it could become self-pity where every yeah. aspect of my life then is blah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, I was getting ready to ask. Like, how do you know when you've crossed that line into just feeling bad in the moment because of that disappointment? And where does it cross over into then self-pity instead of just feeling bad because of what happened for a moment to feel it? Yeah. When it starts affecting almost every area of your life, you can't engage with your family because you're disappointed at work. You can't engage with your wife because you're disappointed in certain areas. Like you can't enjoy your hobbies and your free time because you think, oh, I have to be working on overcoming this disappointment or overcoming this failure. So what's my next success? And yeah, awareness is great. But if you stay there too long in in the dumps, then it affects every area. It becomes self-pity and it's and you are then carrying the spirit of disappointment with you everywhere you go, which you can't minister well when you're ministering from a place of disappointment. Right. And I love that. And I will say too, just because we did bring up talk about it with someone, make sure you go into that uh, conversation, maybe even knowing what you want from the other person. And maybe we'll do a podcast on this later, talking about this relational needs that that we have from people when we share things. Cause sometimes we just want to share and vent. We don't want that person to say a word. (laughs) We just want to be able to have a safe space to talk, let it out, let it go. And it's over. And that's all we needed. There are some, there are some spaces and conversations. Look, here's how I'm thinking. Give me some perspective. Give me feedback on what I'm telling you. There's other areas where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to tell you all this. I need some wisdom in now how to respond and how to act. There's all kinds of different ways that people can respond to what we're saying and all of our disappointments, but make sure you you're fair to them and letting them know what your expectation of them Mm -hmm. is, because I can't tell you how many times I've been in a spot and this is just maybe me as pastor, people will come to me with something, a hurt, a pain, a disappointment, whether it's from a person, whether it's from the church. And sometimes I just immediately start giving advice Mm -hmm. and it's not what they wanted. They Mm -hmm. just wanted to be heard. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so I've kind of uh, put my foot in my mouth a couple of times on Mm -hmm. occasions where I started giving advice and thinking I had to be defensive or defend or do something when all they wanted was to just talk. So if you're that person that you need to find that safe person, begin to open up with them in your disappointment, be fair to them. Let them know what you need. Yep. People want to be seen and they want to be heard. So if the first one is awareness, the second one is you have to quit the blame game. And you talked about this a lot. We started a brand new series in our church at Hill City uh, called Voices in the Dark, conquering the voices that we hear that are negative or that cause anxiety or depression or disappointment. And you brought up a very interesting perspective in your sermon. I thought it was a fantastic sermon overall, as you brought out some, some really cool dynamics in the Adam and Eve story. But the blame game is something that we are all guilty of. Right. We blame our circumstances on whoever. Anytime that we can find an excuse to make, uh, okay, no, I'm disappointed because this. And what should be a, a moment of you reflecting and allowing yourself to sit in it can quickly become, well, I'm allowed to feel this way because of you. And all of a sudden you shift the blame instead of recognizing and reflecting and not shifting the blame. It becomes a downfall for you. Yeah, and I think right now, like 
we live in, in a world where, man, everyone wants to blame someone else, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, Hey man, my, I'm, we have this relationship because of my wife or my boss is this way. It's his fault or my friends in their circle, they don't understand. And they've done this to me. And we just want to pass the blame right now, even like political leaders, we want to blame our life and what we experience and what we do. We want to bl- always blame someone else. And when we blame someone else, we kind of don't ever have to own up to our own crap, if you will. Like when I use that story of Adam and Eve, like we don't have to own up to our own nakedness if it's always someone else's fault. Yeah. And, and yeah, we have to, to stop blaming everyone else. And I, last week I even shared that, you know, I was in a place, I, I was blaming COVID and people and relationships and people leaving and all this stuff as to why I felt um, not burned out, but why I felt disappointed and why I felt frustrated. And again, that's just blaming external circumstances on how I'm mm-hmm. internally feeling instead of saying, no, you know what? I, I have, I have the authority to control my actions, to control my thoughts. I have the ability to focus on what is right, what is good, instead of focusing on whatever else I'm trying to blame for why maybe we're not growing or, or you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm quick to pass the blame too, but recognizing that, wait, no, this starts with me. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to recognize some of the things, the external circumstances that are playing a part in your disappointment, but when they become the uh, scapegoat for it of, oh, well, it's just their fault. Yeah. That's when it becomes a negative attribute where, well, okay, guess what? Somebody else might have abused you but unforgiveness is only killing you and only affecting you. Cause that person continues, whether they're an abuser and that's just who they are. Right. They continue on out without ever thinking about you again. And you're left in the wake of your heartbreak and disappointment, which again, that season of your life, it sucks. And we're sorry that you had to deal with that type right. of abuse. Right. But eventually and you are. Yeah. People are. Yeah. That's a good perspective, Corey. People are going through things that, yeah, maybe we're outside of your control and maybe, someone else did do something to you to blame them and you're valid to blame them for maybe something you're feeling experience and going through or why, you know, you are, or making some of the decisions you're making now. Mm -hmm. But then at the end of the day, yeah, you have to, um, go through that process of healing and, and tackling that head on. Yeah. You're not always responsible for what happens to you, but you are responsible for how you respond to what happens to you. The third one is a real practical one is get some sleep, like legit, literally sleep. What's your sleep schedule been like? I've recognized that some of the times when I get the most anxious and disappointed in stuff, you can tie it back to a lack of sleep or a lack of awake rest, like being Sabbath rest with just you and yeah. God. Um, just slowing down. Slowing down. Eliminate hurry. I know last year during the pandemic, that book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, I've adapted so many things from that book into my life, and it has helped dramatically. Yeah. Have we done a podcast on that book? I don't think so. We did a live video last year during the pandemic. It'd be good maybe for us to pull that out again. Cause I know for me, I remember going through it during COVID and I had time to work on some of those things. And because of COVID, they were instantly like all the distractions were instantly removed, but now we're back more so into everyday life, how things used to be for the most part. And I found myself, Oh man, what did that book say? (laughs) Am I really following? Did I change really anything? Because it's easy to say you've changed and adapted some things, but 
that was in that season where we were all quarantined anyway. And so mm-hmm. maybe it'd be good for us to get that back out. Yeah, for sure. Number four is gratitude. Some of the hardest things to do Okay, this is where I'm at personally. So last week, you know, you talk about the disappointment. I want to sit in this. I want to be pissed off. I'm valid in being pissed off. But I know the answer to overcoming this season of disappointment is to reflect on things I'm grateful for and reflect on. There's always positives in every negative season. There's always positives. There's always things you can be grateful for. And I just haven't done it because I know that that's probably the secret that's going to get out, get me out of my funk, but I want to be in my pity party of disappointment. Right. And And you were telling me something actually last week with this idea of dealing with disappointment and being grateful. You said you were actually going to do something. Yeah. What was that? It lasted one day. I was going to write down five (laughs) things that I was grateful for every day. I did it one day. And I taught our students about it on Wednesday night, say, this is what I'm going to do. And I haven't done it since. (laughs) Gotcha. I need to do it back. But that one day I was like, yeah, I am grateful for these things. And once you add to them, you quickly have a list. It's actually yeah. one of the things like I'm most, like my mother-in-law, one of the things that I admire the most about her is she has a book that uh, that she just writes down thankful, things she's thankful for. And sometimes when she's not looking, I open up that book and I look at them and they're just simple things, but she's got like 7,000 plus entries. Last time I looked, there was over 7,000 entries. Yeah. And, and it's just like a reminder, even if you don't remember like the things that you write on 1000, like you're opening yeah. it and you're writing down an entry of some, something for 7,000 things. It puts things in perspective. Yeah, that's super cool. And I just want to tell our listeners right now, don't feel like you got to run out and tomorrow and start a list every day of five things or 10 things or a hundred things and or try to just thing. go through them. No, I'm going to say do one. Yeah. Just do one. Think about one. You don't <laughs> have to necessarily write it down. If you want to write it down, that'd be awesome. Think about in year 10, year 20, year 50, and your grandkids or great grandkids finds this journal with all your little entries of stuff you're thankful for, man, how much would that bless them? That's super yeah. cool. But don't just do it for a, to do it or for a rule, like understand that man, gratefulness is, I think one of the biggest keys to overcoming disappointment. Yeah. Count your blessings. It gives you perspective. Like, okay, you might be valid and hurt and allowed to process your disappointment and that's okay. But over here, it's preventing you from being grateful for the things that you aren't focusing on because you're focusing on your hurt, which again, that's valid. But if you can change your perspective and focus a little bit, you can start to look at your actual pain of disappointment and put it in its proper perspective. I love, there's a book I think called The Good and Beautiful Life or something like that. And I had this quote from it. It says, you know, in regards to understanding perspective and noticing your surroundings, they, they specifically talked about how um, a, a key part of being grateful is getting out in nature. And he wrote, he writes this, he says, the sun rises and sunsets are grand spectacles that happen twice each day and are seldom noticed by people too busy to look. God could have made an ugly world. He was not obligated to make a world that inspires awe. And I remember reading that going, man, yeah, like these are two incredible things that happen every single day. And I often miss both of them Yeah, every day. <laughs> and I have valid excuses for why I miss both of them. Yeah. Yeah. This like, reminds wow. me like last month, I think I can't remember what message I was sharing in, but I talked about like noticing this rainbow and I was like that guy, <laughs> double rainbow. Off the, <laughs> like that viral video of the double rainbow. But yeah, like little things like that. I like, I've really been starting to pick up on lately. And that's what we mean when we're talking about grateful, like yeah, you can be grateful for some amazing big things, things that could have even been miracles in your life. But also it's the little things. It's everyday things. It's 
man, the ability to, if you have it to walk, mm-hmm. you know, to breathe on your own, like little things and that you don't might, even yeah. think of and you take for granted, man, those are things to be grateful for. Yeah, for sure. And last but not well, least, reevaluate your expectations. Like every disappointment, like we talked about last week comes from a failure or an unmet expectation. And I think it's really valid when you hit disappointments or things don't get met to reevaluate your expectations, take some time to learn from your experiences. This goes back to number one, a part of the awareness part of acknowledging the letdown and reflecting. Okay. Let's look back at your expectation. Was your expectation, was the bar set way too high? Was it unrealistic? Let's address that. Go back to the drawing board. Give yourself this space to evaluate and reevaluate expectations and what that looks like. Winston Churchill, famous quote, success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. And I I remember uh, when we put that in the notes this week, I was like, dang, I've allowed disappointment to rob me of being enthusiastic about the next thing that we're going to do. Right. Yeah. And that, that's hard to do. This place is hard. Like when I'm thinking about reevaluating expectations, I don't want to just look at them and say, man, I just need to lower them. And then if I lower expectations, maybe then we'll meet that (laughs) and then I'll be happy. But I don't, it's, I'm so like torn. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to do that or not. Not necessarily lowering expectations. It's reevaluating expectations because here's a good example. Okay. We're a church of 250 ish, give or take that show up on Sunday morning, give or take. It would be unrealistic for us to be like, hey, we're going to be a church of 5,000. We're going to be a church of 1,000 by the end of the year. Some people would be like, okay, that's an attainable goal. Well, in our context and culture, we had that. We had that. I remember in 2016, you said by 2020, we're going to be a church of 1,000. And, <laughs> and that's where some of the disappointment comes in. You're like, yeah. okay, that you gave a four-year runway, and we thought that was realistic. And maybe it was. Maybe we did some things wrong. Who knows? But it's like, okay, let's reevaluate that because my brain comes from, in just the church world, I only know mega church beforehand. So I've only seen crazy growth or crazy numbers in front of my eyes. So then when you come to this kind of uh, a context, you can have unrealistic expectations for church growth that aren't, it's not necessarily lowering the bar, so to speak. It's okay, that was unfair. You had an unfair expectation that wasn't realistic and you set yourself up for disappointment that could have been avoided. Yeah. And I think I just was asking that too and throwing it out there because of course, and I think I mentioned this last week, you know, all these leadership principles and always have that, what do they call it? A, um, a BHAG. You heard this term before? No. BHAG? No. A big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. Like always have this big thing that's like so far out there. And, And again, we're living this Christian world. So a lot of this is operating around the idea of what you can have faith for again. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, do have a dream of something that only God can do. Cause if mm-hmm. you couldn't do it, then God ain't in it, yeah. that kind of thing. And so then you're like, okay, then yeah. I can't set the bar too low with things we want to do. People we want to reach and differences we want to make the impact in the city we want to have. And so we do want, and we do believe God's involved in all of it, whether it's, big or small, but that's where I'm torn. You, mm-hmm. you see when I'm very I'm valid. I don't have an answer for that yeah. because I get that. And part of my disappointment, if we're just being real again, is, man, I heard you preach like five years. Talk about if, if God always met your expectation, then he'd never be able to exceed them. And I, I got thinking in my own world of like, 
I've had pretty high bars with certain things and very rarely has God exceeded my expectations in the church world, like what we do. So then it's like, damn, that's where my disappointment comes from. Yep. You know, and I get both sides. And I think that's where it comes down to going back to number one, becoming aware, acknowledging um, or, or reflecting on what's going on and having safe people to talk it through. Because again, I don't think you should level your expectations alone. Like talk, okay, is this realistic, unrealistic? What can I do? Yep. Dude, I think that's good. I think those five steps or five keys are ways people can overcome disappointment. Being aware, stop blaming, make sure you sleep, rest, slow down, having gratitude, and then reevaluating expectations. Yeah. And I want you to know that as we give that to you, again, we talked about disappointments last week. I'm still sitting in this. I'm still, I give these teaching points on how to conquer the spirit of disappointment. Right. And yet I'm still in this. Right. Like I'm, I'm doing all of these. Okay. Awareness. Now even sharing quitting the blame game, there's some things that came up. Okay. I got to stop blaming this person or this thing and own this. Okay. I, I've got to, I've, I've, I have a good sleep schedule, but I've got to slow down even more in certain areas. And really the biggest one for me is I got to start being more grateful and going out of my way to be grateful. And that's hard to do. Like, again, it's easy for me to share that to you right now. It's hard to apply and to do, especially when you're still in the disappointment and you want to have your pity party and sit in here. Yeah. Cause that's think, where I'm at right now. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest takeaway today was that Winston Churchill quote you put in there. That was so good. I'm just going to repeat it before yeah. we, before we end today's episode. Winston Churchill said, success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. Man, yeah. that's awesome. Keep, in, keep being enthusiastic even if you're dealing with disappointment. Yep. That's a good challenge for me too. Yep, me too. All right, well, guys, that's it for today. Just remember you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 